Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life, so we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. Well, we have been in this series called Making Progress, and one of the things that we want to make sure we do in life is from the beginning of 2018 to the end of 2018, we see some change. We're not in the same place that we were. And for us to be able to do that, I mean, that's why we're doing this series, but one of the things that we have to do is we have to take a personal inventory to figure out where we're at to figure out the things that we do need to change. Now, how many of you have made New Year's resolutions since January 1st, okay? How many of you have broken those New Year's resolutions already, okay? That's going to happen. We are going to mess up. We're going to fail, just like she said. But the, what we want to make sure of is that we continue to try. We continue to press forward. We continue to, to, to uh, uh, progress in our life as a Christian and, and, and in our life with the Lord. And in making this personal inventory, there's a few things that we need to look at. First of all, and we talk about this all the time, we need to assess our prayer life and Bible reading. Basic, basic Christian stuff. We need to make sure that we're on the right track when that, uh, when in, as far as that's concerned. Now, Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. That's the big stuff. That's the little stuff. That's just, it's not just the crisis time in our life. It's the little things. It's, Lord, help me to get through these next few lights so I can make it to my appointment on time. It's the little things like, you know, Lord, help me to, help me to have enough money in my account to, to, to pay for groceries as, I, as I'm sitting here in line at City Market or wherever you're at. It, it's the big stuff and it's the little stuff. But we wonder why we struggle with prayer and Bible reading so much. Why is that the case? I've never talked to a person, and, and they've told me, I just, man, when it comes to prayer and Bible reading, let me tell you, I just coast. It's so natural for me. It's so easy for me. I don't struggle with it at all. I don't struggle with making time for it at all. In fact, there's times when I'm just reading my Bible and praying, and I'll look at the clock, and seven hours has gone by. It's just amazing. It's not that way. And the reason is it's, it's not that way is because it's, it's communication, and communication is a struggle. One of the biggest issues we deal with in our marriage ministry with couples is their ability to communicate. And our prayer life is our communication to the Lord. The Bible reading is his communication or one of the ways that he communicates back with us. And it's hard enough and we struggle enough when we're talking about communication with somebody that's like our spouse or our kids. A person that's there that we can see that will communicate back. But this communication is harder because we can't see God. I mean, you know, we can see him work in things. We can, see his, uh, we can see him in his creation. We can see him that way. But we know and understand that it's not like talking to a human being next to us. So there are some struggles with that. And we've got to make sure that we don't get in ruts with our uh, uh, reading the Bible and praying. And there's times that we just we need to change it up. If you're in a rut and you're tired of your communication style with the Lord, most likely God is tired of it too. So switch it up. It's okay. It's okay. It's times to pray to yourself. 
But a lot of times, you know, when I'm praying to myself, my mind wanders. Especially when I'm praying about something specific, then my mind will a lot of times go to that problem. And then I start thinking about that problem. And then before you know it, you know, I'm not thinking about praying anymore. I'm just thinking about that issue. So sometimes we need to switch it up. And I, I tell people that, that, that come to me that say, Pastor Tim, struggling with prayer. My mind wanders and I can't stay focused and I, I can't stay on task. And, and my response is always the same. Start writing your prayers out. Start writing it. Yeah, you can handwrite it, you can get on a computer, you can type it out, whatever it is. But when you are writing out your prayer to the Lord, it's, it's amazing what that does and how it makes you focus. It's like, you know, it's like writing a love letter to God. And, and it just, it brings you back to what's important. Uh, there's times to pray out loud. Get, get somewhere, find a space in your house. You have a prayer closet where you can pray out loud. When you're praying out loud, it helps you stay focused. Uh, sometimes you don't have that spot. If you have toddlers, if you have little kids, you, you, have no, you have no room for yourself. That doesn't exist, right? But you have your car, and you can, you know, not bring your kids everywhere. So take off. Take off down the interstate. Just start praying to the Lord, speaking out to the Lord, talking to him. I love, uh, uh, I was talking to uh, different staff members this week, and I'm like, hey, what are you guys doing right now? And, and one of the staff members told me, Jen told me, she says, you know, one of the things that I'm doing right now is I'm journaling as I pray, but the three things I journal first every day is three things I'm thankful for. Three different things that I'm thankful for. And since I talked to her, I started doing that. And it's so cool because we forget to thank God for all the cool stuff he's doing in our life. We just forget. We, we take it for granted. Pray in different places. Don't pray in the same spot all the time. Do whatever you need to do to switch it up. Now, the great thing about, one of the great things about technology is it can give us so many resources when it comes to Bible studies or devotions. There's a great app that you can get on your smartphone, uh, on your tablet, and, and, and that's why I gave you notes this morning so that you can write some of this stuff down. If you don't have Uversion on your, smart, uh, on your smartphone or your tablet, get it. Uversion is free. Uversion has all kinds of different uh, translations of the Bible. It has all kinds of different devotions from all of our favorite people. I mean, T.D. Jakes, Greg Rochelle. Uh, um, I know that um, uh, Stephen Furtick has, has some. Beth Moore has some. I'm doing right now one right now that's just a men's study. And, and you log on, and it will, uh, you choose a devotion, and it, it will open that up for you every morning. And it'll give you, and a devotion, all that is, is it's a writer that has written something about a particular scripture. So it helps you make sense of scripture. It brings scripture alive. And so it will have you read this devotion, and then it will have you read the scripture that goes with the devotion. And everything you do, you just check it off on your tablet or your smartphone, and it keeps track for you. It shows you, okay, what did you, you know, you missed this day, you didn't, you didn't do this day. The other thing you can do is you can do that devotion with people that are in your accountability group or your small group. And they can see how you're doing and you can see how they're doing. It's wonderful accountability. And so get that app. Man, use that technology uh, uh, for good. Now, a lot of us are, maybe we're a little old school. We don't use apps. We don't really like the computer stuff. We like tactile things. We like books we can read. We like uh, things that we can take notes in. And so that's great too. And one of the new things that, uh, well, one of the things that, that I started doing uh, last year was I got a, a journaling Bible. And the journaling Bible is, it's just a Bible, but it has spots in the margins uh, for you to make notes and journal. 
and, and talk about what the Lord gave you through that scripture. And what I want to do is I want to go through the whole Bible, and then one day I want to be able to give this to one of my kids, you know, so that they can have dad's Bible that he journaled in throughout scripture. And they're very affordable, and it's just something that will help you. And it's cool when you can see the pages that are filled. Now, some people are real artistic, like Julie Tennyson. Let me tell you, she, her, so mine just is a bunch of text. It's real boring, you know, just writing stuff out. Hers is, like, transformed into artwork, and it's got, like, flowers and waterfalls and all this cool stuff. And she gets these uh, colored pencils. And so when she journals, she also does artwork in it. And it's so cool. But some of us are not artistic. We stink at it. So what they've made is really cool. Uh, like, uh, they call them adult coloring books. That's what we call them. And this one is a Jesus Calling, adult coloring book, and it has scriptures in it, and then it has all kinds of things that you can color and draw on as you do your devotional life. Such a cool idea, and, and we actually have a bunch of different varieties of these. We have the little colored pencils back there. It's really an awesome uh, way for you to do it. Now, if you'll notice, this is very girly. Uh, they haven't come out with the guys edition yet. It's supposed to be camo, and they're supposed to be like... Things to color in there, like a, a, a guy, a hunter that's gotten an elk, you know, he's got hung and he's, you know, the guys are just like going off mountain bike jumps and stuff like that. And it's not out yet, but, you know, it's coming. But uh, <laughs> devotional, everything that's devotional uh, oriented in the bookstore is 25% off. And she has a table back there just of adult coloring books, if you like that. Do something to switch it up, like I said. Make it different. Make it cool. Make your relationship with the Lord uh, something that is diverse and, and uh, that changes. Um, and take advantage of that. There's so many things out there that are free. And then there's a lot of stuff that you can do just to invest in your relationship with the Lord that doesn't cost much. The second thing we've got to ask ourselves is how are, are, are we worshiping enough? How is my worship? Is it enough? I love to always look back at I, who I think was the best worshiper in the Bible, and that is David and how he would worship. And not only would he sing to the Lord, not only would he play instruments to the Lord, but he would just speak worth to God. He would, that's what worship is, is it's showing God worth. And Psalms 8 is just a beautiful picture of this. He says, O Lord, our Lord, the majesty of your name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and nursing infants to give you praise. They silence your enemies who are seeking revenge. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you have set in place, what are mortals that you should think of us, mere humans that you should care for us? Have you ever just set out and looked at the stars? It's, it's amazing. And to think that he made that for us. I'm watching this series that's on Netflix right now, and it's uh, called Earth uh, uh, 2 or something like that. And it's just, it's just uh, all these different videos about all these different animals and all these different things of, of creation. And it's crazy how you can watch those things and you can go, I have never seen that. With, I've never seen that before. That is how vast God's creation is. And, and how, you can, how you can watch that, how somebody can watch that and not know that there is a God, a creator. Like, how can you watch that and go, that's just one big cosmic accident that happened. Wow. Well, that accident was really creative. Boy, 
that's nuts, right? I mean, God is so creative in his creation, and he loves us so much that he gave us this place, to, to li- this earth to live on and to inhabit and to enjoy the beauty of it, the splendor of it. For you made us only a little lower than God, verse 5 says, and you crowned us with glory and honor. You put us in charge of everything you made, giving us authority over all things, the sheep and the cattle and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims, the oceans and the currents. O Lord, our Lord, the majesty of your name fills the earth. And that's like this warrior king that wrote that. A guy that would, you know, take on giants, yet had this tenderness and this emotional vulnerability with the Lord. And it's because David understood something. He understood that worship changes the spiritual climate. It's the one thing that can fill your spiritual tank, give you a new perspective on your situation, as well as battle the enemy at the same time. It's like a multifaceted weapon. Now, you look at a, uh, you look at a Navy SEALs M16, and it's got, you know, obviously it can shoot bullets, but it, a lot of times they'll put a knife on the end of it. A lot of times they'll have a grenade launcher on it. I mean, their weapons are multifaceted, and that's the way worship is. The demonic hate it because it proclaims the truth and it reminds them of their future. They can't handle it. It's also the quickest way to come into the presence of the Lord. What a privilege we have. Man, would you guys come down front and you worship? The climate's different. You can feel it. And it's because worship has invited the Holy Spirit into this place. But since we live in the New Testament, you, can't, uh, you can be in God's presence throughout the week, not in, just in church. Anytime you want, you can be in God's presence. That is such an incredible gift that he's given us. But we've got to make sure that our worship is ready. Now, once again, I want to give you some resources for this. Say you're kind of a computer person. You're in front of your computer a lot. There's a, there is a website called YouTube, which you probably watched over and over again. And there are some great Christian music channels on YouTube. One is called uh, Good Christian Music Blog. Another one is called Cross Nation. And you can watch the video as well as listen to that music and just let it play. We here at Fellowship have created a Spotify uh, playlist for you. So if you have Spotify, all you got to do is go on and do a search for Fellowship GJ. All one word, Fellowship GJ. And we have a playlist that's called Sunday Morning Staples. And Julie uh, last week went on and she put on six hours of worship that we have done over the last six months from this platform. Isn't that cool? And not only that, but she also keeps it updated and is going to keep it updated for you. So when we do new songs, you can learn them before you come to church. What an awesome way to worship God. What an easy tool. Now for me, I'm even, I need it to be even easier than that. Because sometimes like, where's my phone? Or where's my, where's my tablet? I don't know. I get distracted doing something else. So, so for Christmas, uh, Rebecca and I got Alexa. Okay, that's like a little $39 Alexa. Now, if you have toddlers that talk, you don't want Alexa. Because they will ask her everything all the time. But if you don't, and your kids are a little older, Alexa is awesome. And what you can do is you set it up with your Pandora account or your Spotify account, and I'll get up in the morning and I'll go, Alexa, play Bethel music. 
and it'll say, pulling up your Pandora Bethel account, and it starts playing Bethel worship. You can do the same thing with uh, uh, um, Hillsong's worship, or you can do the same thing, and mine is set up with my Spotify. So I can say, Alexa, uh, play a Fellowship GJ channel, and it will just start playing worship. How easy is that? How awesome is that? It just takes a little time to set it up, but once you have it, it's incredible. Now, of course, you still can get CDs. Uh, of course, you can still download uh, all kinds of different worship. Uh, but understand that it's there. It's accessible. It is a multifaceted weapon at your disposal, and we've got to learn to use that better in 2018. Number three, we've got to ask ourselves the question, who do I need to forgive? Okay, Matthew 6, 14, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Ephesians 4.31 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of malicious behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Now, how do you know if you need to really forgive somebody? And I think that we think that we're pretty good at forgiving, but we're not. We can pick up resentment really easy. And Unforgiveness is weight, and unforgiveness will turn to resentment, which will turn to bitterness, which will turn to anger, which can turn to jealousy and rage. And before you know it, a little offense can grow to something massive. So we've got to self-inventory ourselves and our forgiveness and how we're doing that more than just once a year. But you know you have forgiven if you can pray the blessings you want for your own life over the person that has hurt you. Oh, that's so hard, right? What? I got to pray blessings over my enemy? I got to pray blessings over the people that have hurt me the most? That's how you know you've truly forgiven. And forgiven is a process. forgiveness is a process. It's not a one-time thing. It's something that you sometimes have to do minute by minute, especially when you're close to the offense. This doesn't mean you've got to trust the person. It doesn't mean that you're going to allow them to come back into your life. You still need boundaries. And if you need help with setting boundaries with people uh, that have hurt you in your life, we have great resources for you. Here, just come and ask somebody. We've got great resources that will help you do that. But here's the thing about forgiveness and those that hurt you is you want them to pay. That's our nature. When they hurt somebody I love, I really want them to pay. That is the way we are. But the Bible says we're not the judge. So we have to give the judgment that we're holding over the person's head to God. He's the judge. Whatever judgment we're holding, we just give it to him. You got to ask yourself the question, what do I think that person owes me? Well, they owe me an apology. Well, they owe me that money they took from me. Well, they owe me the time that they stole from, from, all, from all of the uh, uh, worry that I've done. They owe me every tear that I shed on my pillow about this situation. Whatever it is that you think that they owe you, you got to give it to the judge. And you just do it. Lord, this person burned me and they, they stole thousands of dollars from me. But I'm going to give what they owe over to you. And you handle it because God is a righteous judge and he will handle it. When you forgive, it doesn't let the person you're forgiving off the hook. 
everybody's going to have repercussions from poor decisions. They just do. But the Bible says in Proverbs 24, verse 17, do not rejoice when your enemies fall into trouble. Okay, so we're not supposed to do that. I know it's hard sometimes when somebody's hurt you and they do something and they fail miserably and you're just giggling inside. That just makes you so happy. Like they finally got theirs, but we're not supposed to do that. In fact, Scripture says, don't be happy when they stumble, for the Lord will be displeased with you and will turn his anger away from them. You want to stop somebody from getting theirs? Rejoice in what they're getting. Scripture says, he'll stop it. So who do you need to forgive this morning? You have a spot on your notes right there. Now, if you're sitting next to the person that you need to forgive, you might not want to write their name down right now. Save that line for later. But who is it? And what do you need to forgive them for? Now, in your notes, it's just who you need to forgive and what you need to forgive them for, and it's one line. But the truth is, is a lot of times people have heard us over and over and over again, and we need to be very specific with forgiving them of everything they've done. Now, sometimes people say, but Pastor Tim, I don't want to go back and relive that. I don't want to go back and think through that anymore. If you don't forgive them of those things specifically, then you will constantly go back and think of those things and how they hurt you. Go back one more time. Forgive them systematically for everything that they've done. And don't bring that unforgiveness that you've carried for so long into another year. Number four, what lie do I need to stop believing? That's a big one too. 2 Corinthians 10.3 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, you think, what is a stronghold? I don't really understand that. Well, a stronghold is a, are the lies that the devil hides behind in our life. The devil will plant a lie in your mind and he hides behind it. It is defined as a fortress from which one argues over his possessions. This is the one way the devil likes to try to possess our life is through strongholds. It's the way that the devil tries to lay claim to us. And strongholds will always keep us from embracing Christ's likeness. Because if we can't see ourselves the way Christ sees us, we're going to really struggle with being Christ-like. And we hang on to them if we're not careful for our whole life. And if we do, it can affect our joy, our happiness. It can change us into something that God doesn't want for us or want us to be at all. Now, let me give you an example of how to maybe figure out what strongholds, what lies you're believing about yourself. When you get up in the morning and you look in the mirror, what do you hear? Not what do you see, but what do you hear? Ladies, do you hear things in your mind like, oh, you're ugly, you're fat, your hair's horrible, you're worthless, you're never going to amount to anything, you're dirty, you're tainted. Men, you might hear things when you look in the mirror like, I'm not good enough, I'm insignificant, I don't make a difference, I'm not a good husband, I'm not a good dad, 
Those are lies, lies that you have believed. And the longer you believe them and the longer they stay in your thought life, the more in-depth and entrenched they will become in your thinking and will begin to change who you are. Now, the great thing about a stronghold is according to Scripture, God can demolish them. Demolish, that means absolutely obliterate them. But we got to know what they are, and we got to ask him to do it. So I want you to write down some of the things that you think about yourself that aren't healthy. Some of the lies that you know are coming from the devil. And you might need to take a moment to pray about those and go, Lord, what is it? What is it that I think about myself that is from the devil that is causing me uh, to not enjoy and have an abundant life? Show me what it is. And you'll be amazed. The devil is so good at making us believe lies and try to steal our joy and our worth. Because if we believe enough lies about ourselves, we won't think we're worthy of being able to do anything. We won't. The Bible says in Psalms 139, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. A big part... After, I mean, to get rid of strongholds, it's one thing to tear them down, but you have to reprogram your mind to the truth. And that's what the scripture does. You made me. You made me from the, from the beginning, Lord. You knew me in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex, the scripture says. Your workmanship is marvelous, and how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was warm, uh, born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about about me, oh God. They are innumerable. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up in the morning, you are still with me. Have you ever talked about yourself like that to God? Have you ever told the Lord, Lord, thank you for making me decent looking. <laughs> thank you for that. Thank you for my straight teeth. Thank you for my white teeth. Thank you for my, my nose. Thank you for my, hey, let me tell you something. Better thank God for your hair because you may not have it one day. I've got it. It's just growing out of places I don't want it to grow. I could make a chia pet out of the stuff that grows in my ears sometimes. I don't know why. I don't know. But thank God. Thank God for that. Have you ever thought, thanked God? For, for your strength, for your, for your ability. Let me tell you something. One of the things that I've done over the last three months is I, is I started mountain biking again, and I just love it, and I enjoy it so much. And this is, let me tell you, I, I've, I've bro- I have two breaks in my back. I have issues with my ankles from sports injuries and stuff like that. And so for me, I'm getting close to, and uh, um, it's getting harder to stay active. Because my body hurts from these injuries and the fact that I'm just getting older. And so God has given me this thing uh, uh, in mountain biking that doesn't hurt my body. So it's incredible. And I'm thanking God that I'm the age that I am and I can still mountain bike. Because there's so many people that are my age that can't. Because they have some health issue or they just can't do it. And thank God for that. Thank God if you're strong. Thank God if you're smart. I mean, some of us are strong, but we ain't smart. So thank God for being strong, right? Thank God for being smart if you're smart. 
have you ever even done that? The scripture says he made you and you're made wonderfully. You're made, you're made marvelously. He made you and, and he knew you in the womb. And so when we talk bad about ourselves or when we think bad about ourselves, that is actually a slap in the face to our creator. It is. We have to start exposing our mind to the truth. It's the antithesis of what we are being told by the enemy. It's the opposite of whatever stronghold you're believing about yourself. Because a stronghold is so deceptive in nature, sometimes we won't know it unless God reveals it to us. Sometimes through revelation knowledge. And all you have to do is ask God, and he'll tell you what the lies are. And a lot of us, we know what they are. We just haven't thought about them in that way. And sometimes we need help with this. We need somebody to help. We need, we need to go through deliverance. We need to go through uh, restoration ministry and have somebody pray over us and go, oh, gosh, you believe this lie, and we need to deal with that. And many times we don't need more counseling or more deliverance. We just need to, the lie exposed so it can be torn down. So this is what I want to do. I want you to write down whatever lie that you know, and just pick one right now, and let's demolish that stronghold. So whatever it is, write it down right now. And Lord, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you give us wisdom to know what lie it is that we need exposed. Show us that stronghold. A lot of times it's something that's like, you can't do this. You'll never amount to anything. Who are you to try? Okay, so whatever that is, now let's just break it. And I'm going to show you how to break it in this service so you can break the rest of them off of you. Because I promise you're going to have more than one stronghold. So I want you to repeat after me. In Jesus' name, I ask right now that you would demolish the stronghold in my life, where I believe, now whatever it is, I want you to fill in the blank, blank as far as praying that to the Lord. Whatever it is you've believed. And then say in Jesus' name. So Lord, whatever has happened in this place, as far as demolishing stronghold, I pray, Lord God, that you would just demolish it, that you would uh, absolutely destroy it, and that, Lord, we wouldn't have to think about those things anymore, but also, Lord, that we would do what we need to do as far as exposing our mind to the truth in Jesus' name. Because here's the thing, if you believed it long enough, it's a fight, and you've got to now expose your mind to the truth. Fifth, I'm going to move through these last two really quickly. What time sucker do I need to trim? Huh? A time sucker is anything that keeps you from doing the things that you want to do or should do. And these are things that are usually don't produce good fruits in your life. Okay, in this society, what is the number one time sucker in culture? What is it? Social media. Ask, ask a school teacher what that is. They will tell you very quickly. Social media is out of control. Now, can social media be a good thing? Sure. But the problem is people are spending way too much time on their tablets, way too much time on their smartphones. Uh, TV used to be the issue, and it can still be that way. But, man, I'm telling you, I can, get, I can be on Facebook, and, and I'll uh, see a video, and then I'll click on it, and then, you know, it starts the Vine. 
Have you, you know, the vine? And so you watch this video and you watch this video. And you get like 25 minutes in and then you go, how did I get here? Like, where did I start? What was the first video that got me to this video? And that's the way it works. So here's some resources with that. There are some great apps out there that will help you monitor how much time you're spending on your phone or social media. The first one is just Realize, R-E-A-L-I-Z-D. R-E-A-L-I-Z-D. And it's an app in the App Store. And the cool thing about it is it will time you when you get on social media. So it will tell you. It will put on reminders of, hey, you've been on for 10 minutes. Um, it will, uh, uh, so it will track all that. You can set up accountability stuff with it uh, to make sure that you're not spending too much time on it. Um, and, and so you can kind of track that. And you can see because if we're not careful, we'll spend way too much time on social media and not on the important things of life. Video games, guys, I'm telling you, video games are addictive. We know this. I've seen video games tear apart marriages. People get so addicted to them, they're staying up to all hours of the night. And I know I play video games before. I Smuggler's Run. Do you ever play Smuggler's Run? Yeah, that's a cool one, right? Okay, Smuggler's Run. I'd, I'd be playing that at night, playing that at night. Before I know it, it's one in the morning. And I'm like, okay, but I'm going to get by this stage. I'm going to get by and start playing and try to get, finally get by this stage, and it's like two in the morning. That's the way video games are. So you got to be careful with that. And then, once again, none of this stuff is bad. Now, some video games are bad, but it's how we do them. Reading things that are inappropriate, partying too much. We don't have anybody in here that ever parties, so I don't even have to hit that, okay? <laughs> There's also some great software out there that will help you as far as staying accountable. So when you're, when you're on the Internet, you are not looking at things that you shouldn't. Um, Covenant Eyes is a great uh, software that you can put on your computer, your smartphones, that will, if you get on any type of website, it will email your accountability partners. So, oh, uh, you, don't, you, don't, you don't want to get on anything you don't want to because all your buddies are going to know that you're on there and they're going to call you. So that's a really good software. Okay, finally this morning, what relationships do I need to change? Identify what time suckers I need to trim, and sometimes the time suckers are relationships, <laughs> right? There are people that in our life that are not fruitful for you, that don't bring about good fruits in your life, that don't bring about positive things in your life, and if you have those people, you need to trim them out of your life. You can do it lovingly. You can do it slowly. But you want to surround yourself with people who are going to be uplifting, that are going to love you, that are going to teach you, that are going to speak into you, that are not going to feed the strongholds, the lies that you believe about yourself, but they're going to speak the truth into you. That's why we have small groups. That's why we do these classes. So you can meet Christians that can do that for you. Guys, now I'm not saying you have to cut every non-Christian out of your life because the Bible says that we're both supposed to be the salt to the world. We're supposed to, we're supposed to lead those people to the Lord. But that doesn't mean that we put those people inside our intimate circle because they will end up bringing you down more than you will bring them up. Scripture says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. That's why evangelistic dating does not work. Scripture says you better not be dating people that aren't Christians. I have never seen, and I've never personally seen it, a Christian date a non-Christian where the non-Christian didn't pull the Christian down. Never saw it one time. Never seen it. And you don't want to marry a non-Christian. 
Oh, man. You talk about troubles in your life. You talk about hardships. I mean, when you don't have, and the scripture talks about, when you don't have that thing in common, the number one thing, the most important thing in your life in common with your partner, it causes discord in so many areas of your life. It doesn't work. So evaluate that. Look at who you have in your life, who you have in your inner circles, if you need some strategy help on how to deal with that, because sometimes you have people in your life that are family members that are too close. And you're like, how do I trim a family member? I've had to do it. It's hard, but it's healthy, and it will change your world. And you don't want to bring bad relationships into 2018. Well, let me pray a prayer of blessing over you. We've run out of time. God, we love you. We thank you so much that you love us so much, that you've given us ways to communicate with you, Lord, that you're concerned about how we spend our time. Lord, we are so happy that we live in a place where we can see your creation and we can feel your presence. We have a church where we can do that. We have resources. You've given us so many great resources as far as books and devotions and, and stuff that's on uh, apps and, 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 and programs. Lord, that just ways that we can, we, we can get closer to you. And I pray that for every person here, that they would go to new levels with you in 2018. That they would change and have so much change in their life and and progress so much in one year. Lord, that by the time we get to December, you're going to blow our minds with the amount of growth that we've had. Because we started off this year with you. We focused on you. And we allowed you to change things in our life for the better. We love you, God. Thank you, Lord. I pray for every person in this room. You give them traveling mercies as they go home. Keep them safe. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. See you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, we want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my Savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week.